ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. Holy cow, do I have a show for you today. You must stay seated and keep listening. So when I was in high school, I was involved in a youth group. I was like so into it and where there were definitely opportunities to like connect with boys and to have fun and social. A huge aspect of it was social engagement, was civic engagement, was volunteering and leadership. And I'm such a geek on all that kind of stuff that all I wanted to do was like run for leadership positions and learn how to lead and do all the things. And so my favorite things that we did as a youth group, all of us girls got together once and there were like 40 girls in my group, all high school. And we went to a senior home and we played bingo. And I have to tell you, I started connecting with a woman there. Her name was Miriam. And I sat with her as one of my friends called the bingo cards. And it's just a moment I will always remember. Always remember having this connection with a woman I didn't know and yet somehow knew right in my heart. And those women who were girls that I was in the youth group with, I am still friends with today. Because we learned with each other. We learned from each other. We supported each other in running for vice president of this or taking a committee chair and doing that. And it was a life changer for me. I'm certain it was part of what made me do this work in the world. And I get asked all the time from you. I get emails from moms. What do I do to support my 16-year-old girl in being more confident? How can I teach the stuff that you teach to my 14-year-old? What can we do? Well, my guest today is the perfect, perfect guest to share what we can do for our teenage girls. And it's about coming together, taking leadership roles, getting involved civically, and she's going to rock your world. Because I've just been reading about her and she's already rocking my world just reading about her. So let me introduce you to Melissa Kilby. Melissa Kilby is the executive director of Girl Up, the global leadership development organization that is transforming a generation of girls to be a force of gender equality and social change. Since 2010, Girl Up has developed 75,000 girl leaders in 120 countries and in all 50 states here in the U.S. They have raised more than $27 million for girls' leadership programs and impact partners at the United Nations. Melissa joined Girl Up in its first year and during her tenure with the team has built the organization into the force that it is today. Melissa is a leading expert on next-gen leadership and youth activism. She was named to Fortune Magazine's 40 Under 40 class of 2020. She's also currently the chair of the board of directors of Girls on the Run, Washington, D.C. Prior to Girl Up, she served as national director for OP3, where she raised $45 million each season for a multi-fundraising effort toward 
Avon Foundation for Women. I mean, I could go on and on. This woman is incredible. She's a force of nature, a true purpose girl. Melissa, welcome to the Purpose Girl podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I, I found the right the right setting for this conversation. I love it. You indeed did. We are all about girls and women living their purpose, doing something that makes an impact in the world, and that ultimately being what makes us feel fulfilled and happy in life. So let's talk about Girl Up. 75,000 girls. First, explain the structure and, and how Girl Up works. Yeah. So thank you. Um, Girl Up is a global movement. It's a force. Um, and it has just really built from the commitment and passion of the young leaders that have built this movement. You know, I feel like I'm sort of enabler in chief, right? My job is to make sure that the the platform is strong, that it's sustainable, that the brand is, is in, you know, has the integrity and credibility, but it is a girl that is leading, you know, leading this work forward. And so, um, you know, any girl anywhere in the world can be a part of Girl Up. And the way that most of our young leaders engage with Girl Up is through Girl Up Clubs. And it is a, it's a very entrepreneurial leadership program in that this might be one of the first programs that young women, young leaders um, are experiencing where there isn't an adult facilitating. It is up to them. So I really like to think of our structure as leadership in action, and you learn to lead by leading. And you may not even know you're leading until you turn around and say, I just led all those people to do that thing. Okay, I might be a leader. Let me lean into this, right? That felt good. Okay, maybe I can start to identify myself as a leader. And then I see myself as a leader. And then I gain confidence in my ability to lead. And then, you know, from there, you can see how that perpetuates. So what unites girls all around the world in Girl Up is that they want to make a difference in the world. They don't come to Girl Up to build their leadership skills. They come to Girl Up to make change. Our unifying mission is around gender equality. Um, it doesn't mean that it's only girls invited, but it means that you better believe in equality if you're coming to, to <laughs> yes. this movement. Um, but that's the thing that unites these girls over the last 10 years and across 120 countries and five languages is that they want to do something to get us closer to equality, whether it's for themselves or for maybe a girl in another part of the world that has even less equality and opportunity and access than than the girl who has, you know, sort of raised her hand to take up this, this like you said, civic engagement, this social impact work. Um, and then through that community, they're learning about all the issues and the intricacies of why, why we don't have equality and, and how that plays out in different parts of the world under different governments with different sort of all of our identities that we bring to being female and not being equal and how that is different. So they learn about all of these things, all the barriers to that equality goal that we're reaching for. Um, and then they come together and they lead their peers their communities, their schools, adults. Um, They are changing perceptions. They are influencing others. They are organizing. They are setting a goal. Sometimes they have to give us a budget. You know, like it's real. It is actually real tangible leadership. Um, But the thing that I love about it the most is that we're planting this seed of giving back, of joining in, and of I can lead at the age of 14, 15, 16, you know, versus maybe when 
you know, you might have seen yourself as a leader later than 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16. I think I was like three when I saw myself <laughs> as a leader. So right. like my four-year-old kind of reminds me of that. Right. Like, I'm like, I'm Those were the games you were playing. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. But there are those moments where you, you question that in your, as you grow up, right? And so um, the fact that there is an entire generation of, of change makers yes. that know that they can make a change that see themselves with the skills and ability to make change, but that they are called to make that change. And they didn't wait until they were quote unquote grown up to step into that. And I think back and wish all the time, you know, if I had had something like girl up when I was 14, you know, I ended up here at 30. So like, great, it all worked out. But like, what if I had had girl up at 14, you know, what else would I have been able to contribute to the broader world, to the community, you know, to sort of my purpose, right? Yes. Okay. Melissa, I think we should get married. Like, <laughs> really? I know I'm married. I, I'm i also married. Right. Okay. It's so we're fine. not going to be. <laughs> Just what you're doing is, this is it, right? It's like, we wait. I waited until I was 36 to really start pursuing my dreams and, and my purpose and the difference I wanted to make in the world because I had been too afraid and had followed the thing I was supposed to do as opposed to, even though I had the youth group experience I had, I still fell into doing what I was supposed to and, you know, by other standards instead of realizing, whoa, I could make an impact right now. And this is so incredible because for a million reasons, but it's like it is these young women that is going to change the trajectory for women everywhere. Exactly. I mean, I think that that's I'm I, I'm such a big proponent of youth power, right? Youth engagement, youth participation because every generation does change the situation, right? And so every generation has inherited something and comes out on the other end and has changed it in some way, for good or for bad, let's be fair, right? And probably both. And probably both, of course. Now, I don't know that much that my generation, I don't know how much our generation (laughs) did when we were young. (laughs) Honestly, we might've been like the dip in the curve, but the 80s were the 80s. Um, But I feel like there's a reckoning in the world right now. And there have been reckonings in the world in history. And the young women and the young leaders of Girl Up that I know are going to take that reckoning and they're going to change something with it, within it, because of it. There's a momentum um, that I don't even know if we had in the civil rights era in the same way because we weren't as connected as we are today, right? You can have a global swell, a global reckoning. And, you know, I see young women and girls and lead, and young leaders who care about equality connecting in a way that like was not possible in the 70s, but is possible today. And so I very much believe that when this youth generation of today, the activists, you know, that, that activism is such a big part of this generation because they have the connection to this generation and the other parts of the world. And there's this momentum, but also us old people are reckoning too. To me, that feels different. And I think that this generation will push us as they come up and into positions of power, of decision-making power, of, you know, the sort of traditional leadership roles of 
actually being able to make that change versus just being a voice that's encouraging that, you know, over the next 10 to 15 years, I think we will see that. I believe that we will see actual change. I 100% agree. This generation is so incredible. They really, they really care. Mm -hmm. And they're involved and they're listening. And I saw that just with the election. Even if they couldn't vote, they had a voice. You know, and I think going back to the mass shooting in Florida, we saw youth step up and be the ones who said no and start an entire movement. And this is the generation that is already making change. You're right. We were listening to Madonna or whatever we were doing at the time. It wasn't, you know, quite the same, but they're really passionate. And so how did Girl Up get started? So Girl Up is hosted at the United Nations Foundation, um, which is a U.S. nonprofit that works in partnership with the U.N. Um, And so they started Girl Up as a campaign to really fundraise and raise awareness and resources about issues that were impacting adolescent girls in some of the hardest places in the world it is to be a girl. So, you know, we're fighting over equality of like, I want my voice heard. I don't want to be mansplained to please pay me enough. I'd like to be safe, which is, of course, serious. These girls are like dying, trying to go to school and fighting to not be married at 12 because they don't want to lose their childhood and have to be to take over that role as of being a mom and being at risk of trafficking. You know, just this, the the difference of inequality is, is very drastic in some places, right? So Girl Up was launched to bring awareness to what was happening to girls in, in, in places in the world where, um, traditional harmful practices and just, you know, these greater barriers to overcome. Because back in 2010, we weren't all talking about it. You know, there wasn't, Malala was not, you know, sort of a global icon for girls' education. You know, we hadn't seen um, gender equality come into mainstream. Girl power wasn't a part of people's marketing budgets, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) right? So the things that have happened over this last decade like none of that had happened yet. So in 2010, one of the biggest goals of starting Girl Up was to be like, hi, girls are important and valuable and they should have an equal chance too. And for the first couple of years of Girl Up, that was the message. We were still convincing people that it was a valuable investment. Mm. Now where everybody sort of gets in and it's like, what's the most effective solution and how do we come together and whatever. But 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. So that's really why Girl Up was started. And brilliantly, I can't take credit for this because I started after Girl Up had launched. They said, we're going to target teen girls to be the ones to spread awareness, to raise resources and to advocate for other girls. Mm. And as that has evolved and there's been sort of this understanding that there's actually no girl anywhere in the world that is equal no woman anywhere in the world that is equal, then it isn't really about how can we help other girls. It's about how do we all come together to move forward for equality because none of us are equal. Right. It is. And whoever thought of that, it's absolutely genius. It's, it reminds me of the phrase, we're the ones that we've been waiting for. Right. There is no one coming on their white horse that is going to change things or going to save us. And every single one of you listening, I know you're a warrior in your own life, whether that is, you know, working to speak up to your partner about what you really want or to go ask for the raise for your boss. What 
I'm seeing as you talk, Melissa, is like this wave, right? This wave of young women that is coming up after us that are going to then go into all the places and systemically worldwide and make change. Yeah. I, I like to say that I get asked often, why is equality so important to you? And <laughs> I wouldn't think to ask that question. <laughs> maybe, maybe, they don't, maybe they don't phrase it that way, but you know what I'm saying. Like, why is this I'm like, this so is the important? most important right. thing. Yes. <laughs> why is this work so important to you? Why is this your life work? And I'm incredibly passionate about women in leadership, right? Like my perspective is, is that the world is, there's a lot of really, really bad things happening all over the world right now in so many ways, the climate crisis, the racial, you know, injustice, and the killings of people, the, the violence against women and girls and trans and frankly, boys too, just that, that sort of violence and that power structure. Men have been in charge for a really long time and we don't have parity in policy and decision-making and in, and in actually problem-solving. So I feel very strongly that we need our chance to fix all the problems because frankly, it's been wrong and bad for a long time. And we're just at this like bubbling point of so many things coming to a head. And I believe the only way that we get through that to the other side is that we bring women in to lend their perspective, their lived experience, their point of view, their way of living and being in the world to these problems, because when it was up to the men, it wasn't getting solved. And I'm not a man hater, but I, it's true. It is true. I, the, the way I think of it as the patriarchy, which is not necessarily every man, it's a structure that was created by distorted masculinity, right? So there's divine, beautiful masculinity, which actually holds space for the feminine and honors the feminine. But the distortion, the toxicity, the power hungry, the greedy, the we need to keep women down, we need to keep um, black people down, we need to keep indigenous people down. It, it, the, that whole idea, we have to keep someone down in order for us to rise. That's the toxicity of the patriarchy that I think has not worked. And I'm with you. The way that the world is going to change is through women. You know, when we look at the statistics that women, despite a lot of advances, are still doing the majority of childcare still doing the majority of household care and still the major um, spender in the household. So really still kind of ruling the economic trends. (laughs) So we really are the main influencer. And I think things are going to change when we are the ones who have that, that influence. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. I just, I think I'm like kind of over waiting to give like the patriarchal system and the and the male leadership within that any more chances of trying to fix this without having women at the table. And so there's there are women that are fighting and we're getting there but like not enough. It's a token here and a person there and a seat there and I think that's what motivates me with my work with Girl Up is that it's vast. It's there's a scale there and it's generational. And so my hope is like, again, fast forward 10 years and these young women are in all of these workplaces and and at all of the walking into rooms and sitting down at tables that they haven't been invited to and saying like, no, we're not. They're going to invite themselves to the table. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. they're going to create the table. They're going to invite themselves. They already are. 
you know, they're, they're using their voice for, to influence the conversation and they are already changing the conversation when they actually get to determine the answer to that conversation, the answers are going to start changing. And like, however quickly we can do that, that is what I'm trying to help. Girlfriend. So this is so incredible. Take us through a girl who joins. Is it just, she has an idea. She starts a club. How does she actually get to influence change? Yeah. So probably she heard about it from a friend or saw it on Instagram. Let's, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, she, she heard of girl up and she's like, Oh, that's interesting. What is this? Um, and something strikes a chord, you know, whether it's just leadership in general, women in leadership, sort of equal representation, whether it's learning about girls' education challenges or seeing a statistic about like how likely it is that she could be the victim of gender-based violence one day, right? Like that's a scary stat to read when you're female. Um, So like whatever that thing is, or there is a super gender-biased policy at her school that she's really not very happy about, but doesn't know exactly what to do. Um, You know what? Something sparks. She sees girl up and she says, oh, interesting. There's like a whole community of people who are having this same spark as me. Let me see what this is all about. Um, Again, if she's not just like signing up and joining a club that already exists, this is this is her journey. And so, you know, she has to convince four other girls, young people, not all not always girls. I think about 95 percent of our community is girls. So I lean that way. But fair enough. um, But shout out to the five percent boys. And non-gender, and non-gender conforming. Yep. Please yep. forgive me. Absolutely. No, and no, non-gender. It's, I, it's, it's important, right? And, and I am honestly, I just said this to a group of a group of women that I'm working with yesterday to, to please hold me accountable to keep practicing because it is new for me and I really want to honor it. And so keep holding me accountable, people, please. Yes. You'll hear me use youth as much as I use girls. And that is an evolution for mm-hmm, me too. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're learning. Working. We're we lear- learning. Us people who yeah. grew up in the eighties, we're learning. We're learning. <laughs> we're unlearning. <laughs> we're unlearning. unlearning. Yes. Thank yeah. you. So she's going to convince four of her friends to be a part of this club. She doesn't really know what it is. It's this is idea. I did some, I looked on some social posts. I looked on the website, but I think there's something here. And then they have to go convince an adult that like, hey, we're going to do this. Again, if they want to do it at the school, they have to convince an administrator or somewhere in the world there's an adult paying attention, but loosely. And then we interact with them. We could get them set up in our online community, give them resources, kind of give them some prompts some things to help them get started. But it really is up to that group, that group that has come together to be in this club to say what aspect of inequality are we going to tackle? And how are we going to do that? Like, are we in a community where we really need to do some awareness building because people don't get it? Are we in a community that gets it? So let's get, let's figure out how we can change policies and raise our voices or how we can raise funds and, and help, you know, our UN partners in other parts of the world. Like, where, where am I and what would be the most effective thing to do? And then, okay, now what's our plan? And okay, what issues do we want to educate ourselves around to have the most impact, to build awareness in an educated way? What do we want to read? What, what documentaries should we watch? What conversations should we be a part of? Oh, let me go back to that online community and see if anybody else has done anything interesting that I can build off of or who I can talk to. Um, and, and then Girl Up sort of has these like pulse points along the way, right? Where hmm. um, we're going to send out, here's a challenge for this month. 
if this idea resonates with you, here's a plan, here's a toolkit, here's some resources, some things you can read and discuss in your club and do this activity with us this month. You don't have to. If you're all the way down another path, go down that path, but here's some ideas along the way. And then also, guess what? You started this club, now you're part of the bigger community. Now you five young people in your school, in your community, I'm using five because that's the minimum, sometimes it's 60, but like your five people, you're now part of something bigger. You're gonna get to see and celebrate what other clubs are doing. You're gonna see your contribution to this conversation multiplied and exponentialized. And you're gonna know, I always think about this like virtual line of girls like standing behind each other, mm-hmm. having each other's back, right? Mm. That sort of blurry, like they're there, but they're they're like holograms. Like in my mind, that's that's always this picture I have of like you literally have thousands, tens of thousands of girls standing right next to you doing the same work. Mm-hmm. So as you're writing the letter, as you're calling the senators, as yeah. you're you're not doing it by yourself. You're not by yourself. Yeah. And that momentum, that groundswell, that wave that you that you were visualizing is is all sort of moving forward towards the same goal. And we're going to come in and we're going to do some events. We're going to bring you together. You're going to actually get to interact with one of those girls in another club, maybe in another country, in another place in your country, in another. Maybe you meet somebody across the city and you say, oh, let maybe our clubs can get together and do something bigger together. Um, and it really just builds from there. But then you actually accomplish something. Say you wanted to have an event at your school and you do it and you've changed a few people's minds. You changed the way that they thought about that. You shifted a perspective and you said, oh, I did that. Oh, and I got some people to do it with me and we accomplished it. Hmm. I think I might've led in that moment, right? I I referenced this before. I wonder if I'm a leader. I think I might be a leader. I could be a leader. I think I'd like to be a leader. Let me do some more of this. Mm. And that, that power of seeing yourself as a leader, of seeing the fact that you made tangible change because of actions you took, that will never leave you. That's right. That is what will build your confidence to keep trying to make change. Even if you get pushed down, you'll be like, no, but I've done it before, so I can do it again. And you keep going. The experience exactly. of leading yes. is what makes someone a leader, right? Just yes. seeing that they have influence. And I love this model because... A huge piece of gender parity is it's tied with our lack of confidence. I mean, women are less confident than men, according to you know any source we look at, right? In nearly every single profession, and you're, and so building this confidence early of seeing, oh wait, I just influenced these five people to join a club with me. I just spoke to my principal about doing X, Y, and Z, like. This is so incredibly powerful and absolutely you can see whether that young woman ends up as a 40-year-old woman in in civic engagement as her career or in banking she's going to have that confidence to be part of making change at a systems level that's incredible and i always say that like once you see yourself as a leader, no one can take that away, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. that I, it's that self-identity. Like I have led, therefore I lead, therefore I am a leader and I will always have that. And, and no one can take that away from me because that is now intrinsic to who I am. And, the, and I don't know that there's anything more powerful than that, especially when you're trying to go up against 
broken systems that desperately need to be changed, but there's resistance to change them. This is a really courageous generation, isn't it? I mean, these are massive issues that we're talking about. What I love, what I hear back from the Girl Up community when when we talk about them is they um, act and feel with a sense of urgency that Mm -hmm. I don't think we've had in previous generations because they're so aware of all of the issues in a, in a new way, right? Because of this sort of access to information that we have in, in our fingertips and, um, and almost can't even get away from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they feel the impending timeline around the climate crisis, right? They've inherited this. They were born into these problems. They see that the patriarchal system isn't going to change itself. And so there's an urgency to change that system so that lives don't have to continue to be hurt in the wake of that, right? Mm -hmm. There is an urgency in their activism that is very unique. Activism isn't unique, but this urgency is unique. And I think that they all, that across the board, what I hear back from the activists within in the Girl Up community is um, their courage comes from that sense of urgency. It feels like I have no choice but to overcome my fear and act anyway, because if I don't, this is the future I'm inheriting and I'm not okay with that. And again, I just think like we didn't have that same perspective or understanding because we didn't have access to the same information, right? Um, or the same tools to connect and take the actions. Absolutely. We didn't have access to all the news that our young people have now. We didn't have, we didn't even know, I can't speak for everybody. I didn't even know about all the issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I did not either. I was in my bubble. I lived in my bubble and I enjoyed my bubble. My bubble was fun. It was kind of boring, but it was pretty fun. And <laughs> totally. I, <laughs> yeah. That was had, it. Yeah. I had no clue about the larger issues. And these are big issues that you all are taking on, right? I mean, there's a number of different kind of core issues within gender equality and civic equality that you guys take on. Yeah. I mean, we have, it's funny because you can, <laughs> this is like the the best opportunity and the best, the biggest challenge when you're sort of trying to lead an organization is that like every single thing is tied to gender equality mm-hmm. you can make. Right. It's so intersectional that like we are female and therefore every, every single problem has a, an impact on, you know, a gender impact. So we're always trying to be like, does this, like, do we go here with this this issue? Typically, we really try to defer to where the girls want those conversations to go, where they want the programming to go. But, you know, the ability to have dreams that you can actually have the agency to achieve. Um, I think agency is just one of those, those core elements of, like, if you are equal enough that you actually get to decide what happens to you. Mm. Can we all, can we get to a place where every human being gets to decide their own life? And that is not the case right now. No. And it varies depending on where you are in the world and all of the identities that, that you hold. But to have true agency over ourselves, do I get to go to school? Do I get to have a job? Do I get to prolong, you know, being a parent? Do I get to protect, be safe from violence? Do I get to be paid equally? You know, do I get to choose 
the job and fight for the conversation? Do I get to have my voice heard? Fundamentally, do I get to choose what happens to me? And, and you know, girls' education and girls' leadership and participation and protecting ourselves and protecting ourselves is like a, such a weird way to say it, but like trying to stay safe from gender-based violence, you know? Which is rampant. Yeah. And we can't prevent it from happening to us. We, we, that's, that's like putting it on the, on the survivor, right? Like it's not actually something you can actively prevent, although that's how it's taught. All of these things chip away at our agency. And if, if I don't even have, if I'm not valued enough to even get a say in my own life, because I'm just here to, to, to serve you patriarchy or family or whatever that is, um, then how can I ever even have a dream for myself? And so I think at the core of our approach to gender equality is that girls should get to have a say in their own lives. And I want to see a world where every girl can have a dream and actually have the possibility of achieving that dream. And we're not there. And, you know, in places like the U.S., we, we are more likely, but there's still some systemic things that we're pushing up against, right? But potentially in a, in a country where child marriage is, has, you know, is a huge traditional practice that we're still trying to overcome, you know, in sub-Saharan Africa or Southeast Asia or in places in Latin America, they don't even get to say that whether they get married. They don't get to say whether they stay in school or whether it's time for them to become a mother. And that in and of itself is just such an interesting, you know, barometer for equality. So that's where a lot of our girls kind of come into this. But it has changed in the last couple of years because there is a lot more um, about just my own understanding of my equality. And that mm-hmm. I think has, has happened for every girl part that's mm-hmm. part of Girl Up, that it's not just about me helping someone else who maybe has this much harder situation, but wait a second, I'm also not equal. So like, what am I doing for my systemic barrier that right. I'm engaging with right now? Right. Yeah. For my friends, neighbors, community, myself, mm-hmm. what a fundamental basic human right to have the right to choose. It really comes down to that, to have the right to choose your own To life. decide. To decide. This is, you know, every day I wear a necklace around my neck that says, I choose. And I'm privileged that I get to live somewhere where I do get to choose. Mm-hmm. And so this fundamental right that so many of our sisters do not have around the world and brothers, but since we're talking about gender equality here. So how do we even begin, Melissa, to help make change in these other parts of the world? And I know that you're all about the girls in your organization doing it. And how how do we all do this? I think that the consensus around the value of a girl as a human versus a girl as a, a daughter, a property an asset, but actually as like a person that has equal value to, to the boy person and shifting that perception of that value of that life, regardless of gender or because of gender, to me, that's fundamental because you can have, you know, school administrators with a gender bias. You can have 
community leaders in a village with a with that disvaluing of of the girl. You can have a mother. This isn't just fathers. Oh no. Mothers are perpetuators of these systems, men, you know, in, in lots of situations. So you could have a mother that says, My son is more valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's been part of a perpetual system, right? Where she probably wasn't valued, and this is what she knows. So anyway, it's it's sort of no one's fault and everyone's fault. But we can change the value proposition. And I will say, you know, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary of Girl Up in September. And it was a great moment of reflection, right? To say, what has changed in 10 years? What is the last 10 years? What's Girl Up's contribution to any change if there has been? And, you know, it's hard to swallow that like the statistics are not actually changing because it's going to take, what, 200 years to get to equality at this page or something stupid. So 10 years is like a drop in the bucket. But like, okay, so what have we done and what has this movement contributed to in 10 years? And I will say, and I started this, 10 years ago, we were making the case. Mm. The case is getting stronger and more accepted. And that is progress that is important to start to see that agency opportunity increase for a real girl, a real life in her real family, in her real community, potentially have the opportunity to put her hand up and say, I would like this instead. This is what I want for me. And we're getting closer to that because society as a whole is getting closer to saying, of course, boys and girls are equal. Of course, girls can be scientists and 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 should be paid as professional athletes if they're better than the male athletes. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. of course. And you're seeing that. And 10 years ago, that wasn't the conversation. And so I think perception and that perceived value is just very important. And once we can get to that, you can start to topple some of these other more tangible things. And I, it, it parallels the racial justice conversation in a lot of ways. Um, but is also different because there's sort of a different, you know, impetus behind it. But it is, it's it's that it's that overall valuation of like actually every single human is just as valuable as every other human. Mm-hmm. And when we can get closer and closer to people really believing that, really fighting for that, really looking for that to be how we operate, then I think you start to see some of these other systems kind of dissolve away. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And if I look at what you've done in those 10 years, the other thing you've done is given 75,000 young people the experience of having a voice, of knowing that they can make a difference and impact, of even if they don't see that they've been, of bringing people together, of beginning a conversation, of raising their hand. I mean, that's huge. And we can't underestimate or know what the impact of that is going to be. The exponential ripple impact of each one of those lives. Yeah, that's the wave. I mean, the the wave that's going to go into an ocean. Yeah. And so someone who's listening to this and they're thinking, God, I really would love my daughter to be involved. What do they do? Well, first, girlup.org has everything. Um that G-I-R-L-U-P dot org um, has everything that you could need to get started. But I think really this idea that, okay, 
is this something you want to, you want to step into? Do you want to learn more? Cause it, it has to be the girl, right? Because there's not an adult that's going to like pull them through this. So I think for parents, start a conversation, watch a documentary, put a, put a book or an article down, you know, or, or, you know, text them a link to something that is in this vein. See what kind of conversation comes from this. If there's a spark, be like, hey, I heard about this great organization. You should go check it out. And it has to be girl led. Yes. Th- that is one thing I have learned over the last 10 years is it has <laughs> to be initiated by the girl because she's going to have to push herself through that sort of entrepreneurial aspect of this of this program and, and programming. But if you can light a spark or if the spark is lit and she just needs an outlet, well, then put her sit her down in front of the website and be like, which four friends are you calling? Right. And that's and that's easy. But if you're not sure, then see what you can do to, to sort of ignite that interest. And then you will know that she's going to benefit, but also she will get to see that she can benefit others. Mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine right now that there are a lot of young people saying, I want to do something right here in the U.S. They've watched the election. If it's young women, maybe they've been watching Kamala Harris. Like, And with all the news sources and all the social media, they can see what's happening in other parts of the world. And they're going, I want to do something. Right. And as we saw with the uprising racial injustice and all so many people wanting to do something with that. I mean, I think it's like there's this momentum. I feel it in my own body. I feel like I see it in other people of just it's like uprising to our throat where we want to start speaking. We want to start doing. And so what a time for our young people and what a way for young people to get involved. And then I was going to ask you, Melissa, do you have a couple of stories that you know of, you know, what's been the impact? I know you guys have had huge impact, $11 million raised for UN programs and 30,000 girls around the world brought together. I would love to hear a couple of stories if you have them of what some of these young people have done. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's thousands of stories over, over the 10 years, but you know, there's, there's a handful of stories that stick out to me, you know, we have a teen advisory board um, that we elect every school year and they have a very close relationship with the staff. We use them as spokespeople, but I also talk to them regularly, get their pulse on things like they really do advise the organization um, so that it can be as, you know, girl led as possible. And, and that we have that, that feedback channel. And, you know, some of our young women, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. You know, I have a, a colleague of mine who was one of our teen advisors. And she now works at Girl Up. And not only did she start one of the first clubs, but she built one of the first coalitions, which is like a group of clubs in upstate New York, Mm. not New York City, upstate New York. And with her club, she held like a first one of the first ever regional summits that was girl led. And that became a template and model that many of our regional coalitions do now. Um, most of our best ideas started with one girl trying it. And then we're like, great, that's cool. Let's help. Let's, let's build do some that. resources and tell everybody else how to do this. <laughs> Love it. And she had 200 girls at her first regional summit in upstate New York. Wow. A five-hour event with workshops, with speakers, you know, and it was just like, she just was like, well, there's a few clubs in the area. We should do something together. Let's see if we can get more clubs. Let's invite girls. Okay. I went to the girl up, you know, staff led leadership summit. Can I replicate that here? 
what are the issues that we care about and what and what kind of fundraising do we want to do? And she just built like a whole thing that didn't even exist before. Now she's on our staff running that entire program and advocating as like the voice of the girls who are doing the activities today. Oh my God, that is so cool. But like as a leader, that's like the best possible thing that your alum actually want to come work for the organization that sort of transformed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, so that's one that's one thing that I love. And I love having like our our alums in inside of our team because it's like, what do you think? Because I want to know what you think because you you've been in these shoes very recently. And that's a benefit of 10 years is that yeah. now that can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's this other, this other young woman that I met, her name is Memory and she is, um, Malawian and we met her through actually one of our partner organizations, um, that we, that we did some, um, some kind of grassroots work. And she came to our, this was a few years ago, probably five or six years ago. She came to our leadership summit in DC from Malawi. And, um, I think she spoke on a panel, but she participated in the summit. And it's a three-day summit when it's in person, (laughs) live. It's Mm -hmm. a three-day summit in D.C. And on the third day, we take a group of girls up to Capitol Hill and they meet with their elected representatives. And we usually have a bill or some specific piece of policy. um, And they get to actually talk directly to their elected official, even though many of them aren't even 18. Trust me, we get a lot of member-level meetings because I'd rather talk to, like, teenagers who are positive and empowered and passionate than like grumpy adults who are coming in to complain. So it's a great day. So memory actually joined a group, went up on the hill, participated in this lobby day, and then went back to Malawi and went to her parliament. And she had been working on um on a on an effort sort of countrywide with with the organization that we met her through and with other organizations to increase the legal age of marriage in, in Malawi. And she went to the parliament. She met with her officials. She had this beautiful picture on the front steps. And, you know, a little bit later, they actually succeeded and the policy was changed. The age was increased. Now, we have go to memory. All, yeah, we have to get it all enforced, of course, but that's the first step. And so she wrote to me after and said that that probably is something that would have happened anyway. But because of her experience in D.C. with the other girls, she knew she could do it. She went into it more confident, knowing that there were other girls all around the world walking up those same stairs, going into those same meetings and asking for those same things. And it gave her power mm-hmm. and courage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was so grateful that she had gotten to do that in D.C. with the Girl Up Leadership Summit girls, because when it was time for her to do it, she was ready. Oh, this is the power of sisterhood. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the power of community. Yes. When we come together, we really do see that we can do anything. Like, oh, wait, she did that? Okay, wait, I could do that too. Or I've no one's done it, but they, they've got me, right? If something, anything happens, they've got me. How old was Memory? I think she was like 19 or 20 at the time, maybe 18. What? You know, she she was think she Incredible. was getting ready for university. Again, it's been about five or six years now, but she's a, she's someone that I I always think of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are incredible stories. And what I love about your organization is that this is possible for every single young person. You're not saying, well, there's going to be a group of 50 and there's going to be one person who's, you know, the president or one person who's creating the social impact events. 
no, each person really can be the leader and gets to decide what are we going to do in order to advance equality. Yeah, it's funny, too, to see um, how this concept of who gets to be the leader evolves as well. There's a lot of co-presidents out there. There's a lot of like, no, this is the executive committee. We don't have a president. Mm -hmm. Like there's just it's it's even the way that our community is thinking about leadership from an inclusive leadership perspective has evolved even just in the last couple of years. It's been it's just it's like we're just the whole world should just turn around and look behind us and follow the lead and example of, of the young people who are coming into this because they are approaching everything from a place of inclusion, representation, um, empathy, mm. listening, mm. Mm. like celebrating. Mm. Collaboration. Yeah, but they celebrate the differences in each wow. other. They root wow. for each other's, you know, sort of unique um ways that they add, you know, to the conversation and to the world. And it's, it's, it is beautiful. Wow. We absolutely love how you said that need to turn around and let them lead us, let them lead us. And that's exactly what you're doing, Melissa. You are truly giving them the opportunity to lead us. And I swear I'm with you. That is what is going to change this world. That is what is going to change this world. Oh my goddess. This is what you're just doing. You have the best job in the world. I do. It's true. I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. You must just love every single day what you're doing. I do. I I always joke that like someday someone's going to come and like tap me on the shoulder and be like, you're kind of old to lead a youth movement. It's really someone else's turn. Like you really need to go now because I can't imagine like a world where there's something else that I would rather do. It's really it's actually like a personal like thing that I think about. Like you get your dream job at 30. You get to grow into this role and grow right alongside this movement. I mean, it is just, I, I I have the best job in the world and I am the luckiest person in the world. And like, I can't even imagine the day that this isn't what I'm doing. Mm. Yeah. So this conversation is inspiring for a million reasons. One of them, we've talked about the, the youth and what's inspiring about them, but you, Melissa, are incredibly inspiring to have your dream job by 30 and it to be one that is making massive impact and be so on purpose. So everyone who's listening to this, they may be wondering, well, how did she end up living her purpose? Um, you know, I think that my path to grow up is, is not like a straight path. And I share that with the girls all the time. Like there, there are many times where I, I joke, like I literally have no business being the person that has this job. Like, on paper, credentialed, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you think a leader is supposed to look like on a resume, like it's not me. Right. And so um, early in my time at Girl Up, I really kind of like was challenged by that feeling of like, please don't tell anyone. (laughs) Totally smoke and mirrors. Like, I hope nobody knows that I'm no one's really going to tap me on the shoulder and say, You don't belong here. Supposed to be doing this, right? Yeah. But um, I got finally got over that um, when I realized, Well, you're actually doing it. So why don't you just sh- shut up and do it? That would be much, much more effective. But, you know, I think I got here because I, I lean into my instinct a lot. Like, mm. my gut is my best decision maker. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I love feedback. I love to get feedback from other people, but I make my best decisions when I make them w- from a place of instinct. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
you know, I, I came to grow up with just a really good body of like applicable skills, which is so boring, but so important. Like I had managed staff, I had managed budgets, I had managed projects, I had managed teams, I had put in new systems, new processes. I came from the nonprofit world. So I understood fundraising and community building and grassroots, but I was very much on like the production side of things. And so when I saw the the position for Girl Up, I'd actually worked on a project for Girl Up. So I had this sort of insight into what I knew they were trying to do and never thought that I would ever actually work at Girl Up. But it was that light bulb moment that was like, I'm more passionate about this than I am about what I've been doing. And how do I get to do something like that for a mm. living? And so I was, that's the place that I was kind of operating from. And, you know, that happened to just see a posting for the deputy director, which was the internal manager of a brand new initiative that was just getting legs and needed somebody to like pull it all together and make it operate. All these different. And I, my greatest skill in the whole world is execution. Like I get shit done. Like that is what I do. Well, so, so I brought that and, and that's what girl up needed. I didn't have any experience in international development, international relations, the UN. I, I hadn't lived or worked abroad. I didn't have a master's degree, sort of all the things you would have put on that job application. I didn't have. And a year into being the number two and the sort of internal manager, I had the opportunity to raise my hand to say, okay, there's going to be a change in leadership. Like I would like a chance. I would like to try. I, I, I don't want to be number two to someone else. I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then once they were like, cool, yeah, then for a couple of years, I kind of had to like, be like, okay, now I need to just like get confident enough to do this. But I put my hand up and I said, I would like to do this. I think I can. I would like to try. Um, and that was eight years ago. Um, and so, you know, I think it was just finding the thing that lights you up makes you courageous in ways you maybe wouldn't have been otherwise. And I'll be honest, like I'm a pretty inherently confident person and I, I probably have too much confidence in myself sometimes. No such thing, girlfriend. (laughs) I'd rather be on that end of the spectrum, but I just really thought I could, and I really wanted to try. And, and that's my personality. And so, but it was like whatever fear or self-doubt would have, would have held me back. I pushed it aside because of this organization, of this mission, of that purpose, right? I know that's your whole thing. Like yes. I found my purpose and I didn't want someone else to have that job. I wanted to have that job. So I positioned myself for that job. Genius. Okay. There's a million things I want to <laughs> highlight, underline, put the tab down on what you just said. Okay. Everyone should like seriously take that clip and listen to it every single day of your life and you will be living your purpose. If we just follow what Melissa just said, here's what I heard. You trust your instinct, right? Nothing compares to a woman's intuition, her instinct. But so often we let that critical mind go, you can't do that. What do you think of about? But no, you really like you're in touch with your intuition, your instinct, and you heard it. When you saw a mission that really sparked you, you were passionate about it. You said, oh, like that, you know, that is me. That is what I'm here for. And you then utilized, I always, I always say every moment of your life has been for purpose. So it's like, oh, I have this skill. I have that skill. I have that skill. I've done this. I've done this. I'm going to bring it all together in this. And you went for it. 
when there was the opportunity, both for the number two job and then the number one job, you raised your hand and you went for it. I think it takes it takes a little bit of confidence. Call it ego, whatever you want to call it. Let's have it. It's going to move each of us and then us collectively so much further ahead. And so what you did was just genius and is a model for all of us that this is why I'm so obsessed with purpose because purpose makes you courageous. You said that so beautifully. Melissa, I am so inspired by your organization. I'm so inspired by you, so inspired by all that you're doing. I'm so grateful. How can we get involved? Any of the women listening to this, they want to donate, they want to engage. What are the possibilities? Yeah, thank you for asking that. I mean, I think, you know, none of this work happens without partnership. Um, You know, every dollar that we spend is a dollar that has been donated by a person, a company, a foundation. So um, always, always appreciate that call to action. And we talked about this in the middle, but like that girl in your life, Mm. you know, we are too old for Girl Up. Like there is an age limit and it is sad. And like, I can't start a club with you. And like, you and I can't run off and like have mm, our Girl Up club. Mm. But <laughs> anytime I see a girl who is like 13 years old-ish, maybe I'm like, hello, let me tell you about this great organization. Do you care about XYZ? And so really like paying that forward mm. and, and giving the opportunity to the young women in your life that we didn't have or this community, right? This community that they can have that what could we have done with that community? So I really love to ask, you know, adult women to, to think of it from that perspective and to try to at least introduce one person sort of on their behalf. Mm. Um, And then I think, you know, we, we are stronger in numbers. And so, you know, when we are trying to get partners or policy or change, when we can talk about the size of our movement, there's a place for everyone in that movement. So if you want to be on our email list, follow us on social media, that's how we bring everybody into the spirit and into the conversation. And like, we will, our girls will help you change your, like change you. Our girls will help you evolve the way that they've helped me evolve. And we all need that. Like being a part of the movement is also how we let the girls lead us forward. Mm. So, so that in and of itself is, is incredibly helpful. And then again, I think, Somewhere down the way, we are hoping to launch a mentorship network and and thinking through what that looks like, because the girls, as they start to understand the challenges that they're going to face in the workplace, they're actually asking for mentorship in in a new and different way than we've heard from them. So hopefully, um, you know, down the road, that is a thing. But, you know, you'll know it first if you're part of our community. So I would say just join us, join us in community, join us in spirit, Um, obviously support us if you can. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. Let's just put the whole army of purpose girls on this. I mean, I have to tell you, originally, I thought I was going to work with teenage girls because of the youth group experience that I had. I didn't think I would end up working with with adult women. And for a number of reasons, that's where I ended up. But like, we must get on board. This is where it starts. And this is where the change is going to happen. And I have to tell you, the day that Joe Biden was announced my husband, my baby and I, we went to Center City, Philadelphia, you know, to be part of it. And it was, it was teenagers. It was the youth, right? Maybe 20 year olds too, but like we were definitely the oldest people there. Um, And that is totally okay. I just, I remember that and was so inspired. This generation is changing us all. Melissa, so are you. Okay. I, 
I always do this purpose power play round at the end of all my interviews. It's asking a couple of random questions. Great. Whatever answer is the right answer. Down? Down. Okay. One book we must read. Um, anything by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Mm. Mm. 100 Years of Solitude, Love in the Time of Cholera. Those speak to my heart. Mm. Beautiful. And when you were a little girl, what did you want to be and do? I wanted to be Katie Kirk when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to be a lawyer. I think I would have been a really good lawyer. Mm-hmm. Really good at debating. I feel like if we take away the titles, you know, Katie Kirk, news anchor and lawyer, I feel like that's what you're doing. Right? <laughs> like the same you're speaking, thesis, isn't it? <laughs> yes. You're speaking, you're advocating, yeah, that's true. you're fighting changing for public others. opinion, yep. fighting for <laughs> others. It's Which is what I actually, one of my exercises when I work with women is to go back and look at those childhood dreams, not to say, oh, well, now you should go be a lawyer, but to see what is the essence. That's so funny. I never thought of it that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a cheerleader, which is so what I am. I mean, I had no idea. I still cannot do the splits or a cartwheel. (laughs) But I figured out how to be a professional cheerleader. So that is part of the part of the gig. All right. Last question. What is something that you want every woman and every girl to know? You are powerful. And with that, everyone, I promised you a really great episode because Melissa Kilby is incredible. Melissa, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have inspired us. You have enlightened us, awakened us, and you're making change. And I so appreciate you. You are such a purpose girl. Very proudly. Thank you for having me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our pleasure. And thank you all of you out there for listening. We hope you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl Podcast. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave your five-star review. It literally takes 60 seconds for you to write it. And you writing it is what is helping women all over the world find the Purpose Girl Podcast and therefore get the tools, get the knowledge for them to live their purpose and their happiest life. Share the podcast with every woman you know, your daughters, your friends. Of course, get the girls you know involved with Girl Up. That is how we change the world one woman at a time. If you haven't yet downloaded the Live on Purpose guide, go to PurposeGirl.com. Do that. It's totally free. gives you all of the juicy questions for you to start diving into what your purpose is and how you can be living that dream career and having that courage just like Melissa. With that, my loves, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.